Hi sisters, welcome back. Today we are going to be going over week two from our discipleship class and we are going to be discussing John 13, 34, where Jesus said, this command I give you to love one another just as I have loved you. Love one another. What a tall order that is. So we're going to look at what the scriptures have to say on some practical ways that we can love one another just as Jesus loved us. I pray you enjoy this episode. God bless you. Hi, family. Welcome to God's Word Transforming Lives. Are you wanting to learn the Bible verse by verse, one letter at a time, with real life application? Then this podcast is for you. My name is Amy, and I have been teaching the Word of God to women for over 15 years now. I came out of some trauma from my childhood, and it left me feeling so empty. And after searching high and low with everything the world had to offer, I always came up short until I learned the Word of God for myself. And it was in that that I became transformed. So if you would like to be transformed by God's word, then stick around and let's do this together. Did you know that I have a study guide that I have written sisters just like you who really want to know the deeper things of God, who want to understand God's attributes like love, God is truth, God is righteous. He's just. What does it mean that he's omnipresent and omniscient? And what does that mean for you personally? When people talk about Jesus and being justified and sanctified and to be redeemed, and how can you apply it to your daily life? And so many other questions like, can we really trust the Bible? And who are we as man? Is hell real? These are great questions that we need to know the answers to as we are walking in our Christ-like faith. To love him is to know him. And Jesus said that we will be worshiping him in spirit and truth. And it is the truth that sets us free. So if you want to go deeper in your walk with God and have more understanding of the things that he has truly done for you and know more of the word for yourself, I highly recommend this study guide. I will have a link for you in the show notes on where you can get it. It is on Amazon and it's called Equipping the Saints. I hope this episode blesses you. This is week two of our Friday night discipleship class that we have been taking people through personally. And it's been really a beautiful time to be together. And if you are ever able to be in the Northeast Ohio area and come to an in-person class, it's been a lot of fun. So we've been going over what it means to follow Jesus Christ. And the new commandment that Jesus had given us, that was one of our memory verses. It was John 13, 34. It says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. My goodness, tall order, sisters, to love each other just as Jesus loved us. He died for us. He left glory and came and put on a human tent for us. He was scourged and beaten and crucified and died, buried in a tomb for us. It, it, it's mind-blowing that this is the commandment that we've been given to love each other in such a way that we are thinking of others greater than ourselves, that we are laying our lives down for each other church could get back to that biblical command 
what a great impact we would make on a lost and dying world. So there is over, this is very interesting, there is over a hundred times in the New Testament where it talks about one another or mutually loving one another, mutually reciprocating back and forth these commands to one another, each other. And so over a hundred times, we have these one another's as in love one another or be devoted to one another. 59 of those occurrences are literally commands on teaching us how to do it. So with that in mind, we're going to start going through some of the one another's. We're not going to do all hundred one another's, but we are going to do some of the, we're going to highlight some of them. And so in this teaching, we highlighted several of the one another's. And so one another's, there's the Love one another, John 13, 34. Be devoted to one another, Romans 12, 10. Honor one another above yourselves, Romans 12, 10. Again, live in harmony with one another. So these are certain one another's, and, and there's a whole list of them. So tonight, we are going to talk about the term one another. It comes from the Greek word alien, which is translated one another or each other or mutually reciprocally. So I love that because when I think of reciprocally, when I thought of that mutually, reciprocally, I thought this is definitely a back and forth. This isn't just me loving you or honoring you or being devoted to you. It's also you loving me in return, honoring me in return, devote, being devoted to me in return. And so there really is this give and this take that should be present among the body of Christ, among the brothers and the sisters in the body. And that's what I thought of when I thought of one another and that in the Greek to love one another or uh, honor one another. So the first one we're going to work on is honor. The word says to honor one another. That means to esteem or value or have great respect for one another. And that can be difficult sometimes because, you know, as brothers and sisters, we can sometimes not love one another the way that Jesus commanded us to. And we sometimes lose respect for each other. And yet the word tells us to respect each other, that love respects, love honors, love is, is, is hoping all things and, and not seeking its own. And so the, this is really beautiful. So when you think of honor, we're going to read Romans twelve ten. It says, love one another with brotherly affection outdoing one another in showing honor. Wow, that's a big thing. We're to outdo each other in showing honor. Honor. So it's not like an outdo, like I'm going to outdo you with this, you know, pride or jealousy, or I'm going to cause you to be jealous, or I'm going to, I'm going to be better than you so I can get greater attaboys. That is not what the scripture is talking about. It's really talking about having such a radical honoring towards one another that we, we just want to naturally outdo each other. You know, you came and cleaned my kitchen. Well, I want to come and clean your whole house. I'm so grateful that you came and, and helped me, you know, clean my one room that I want to come back and help you clean all the rooms of your house. And it's not because I want to be like, oh, well, I want to outdo you as in, look at me, I'm a better sister than you, but no, rather you had, you honored me. And I just want to honor you even more because you honored me. And I thought that so beautiful. So how are there ways where we can outdo each other in showing honor? 
are there specific ways in which you can think of doing that? I think of honoring people. I think of, we just talked about, you know, maybe you have a, a mom who just had a baby and could really use some help around the house. Or, um, you know, you have a, a, a couple that has several ch small children and, and they could really use a date night, you know, and we could go and, and, and offer to babysit so that they could um, spend some time together. There's so many different ways in which we can honor each other in, in an action honor the shut-ins. You know, who are the people in your church that used to go there, but because of sickness or uh, uh, maybe they're in a nursing home now, or, or maybe they just, for whatever reason, they cannot get to church. How can we honor them? How can we go and show that brotherly affection towards them? Where are there just needs within the body of Christ? Where's there a single mom who could really use some extra help? Or like I said, the elderly or a married couple or, you know, there's always ways to really honor one another. You know, 1 Peter 2.17 talks about, it says, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the emperor. And I find that so inter interesting because here he is also telling us not just to honor the brotherhood, not just to honor our brothers and sisters in Christ, those who are Christian, those who look like us, talk like us, act like us, but we're to honor everybody. We are to show respect and honor to everyone. And we do this in the fear of the Lord. And we even honor the emperor. And at the time that Peter was writing this, the emperor was a terrorist. I mean, he was horrible to the people of God. And so, but yet he's still saying, have an honor for them. So how do we honor all people, including ungodly rulers and people we believe are in error and doing evil things? Well, for one, pray for them. It's really difficult to be angry at people that you are fervently praying for. If you are praying every day for their salvation, for God to open up their eyes and ears to the gospel of Jesus Christ, for, for someone to come in and, and preach the good news to them, that they would hear the good news and become born again. If you're praying for, for God to just Bless them and, and, and keep them, Father, and to shine their face upon them, even though they are enemies of the cross right now. Maybe they are doing evil and wicked things. But we want to see everyone brought to salvation. Every human being was made in the image of Jesus Christ, in the image of God Almighty. We all share in some of his attributes, even if we are not born again, we are still capable of love. We are capable of uh, kindness. We're capable of being faithful. We're capable of telling the truth. We're capable of these things that are God's attributes because we're all image bearers of God. Now that doesn't make us all children of God. Only those who are born again, only those who have the born again experience where they have the Godhead dwelling inside of them. They've been made into new creations in Christ. They are now adopted into the family of God. According to Romans eight, they're grafted into the vine. Only those are the children of God, but we are all image bearers of God. We've all been made in his image. And so for that reason alone, we can honor all people. And we do not know who God is saving. We do not know who God is going to draw unto himself. And so we want to make sure that we're, we're, we're honoring, we're, we're having, uh, you know, 
good speech. We're not gossiping and slandering and bearing false witness. You know, we talked about this on Friday night, that some of the things that, you know, we see, especially when people get really into politics or, or certain people, you know, that we'll just start tearing them down because maybe that person doesn't hold to the same belief system that I do. And, and maybe even their belief system is actually really wicked and it goes completely against the Bible and God and whom we love. But at the end of the day, that person is still an image bearer of God. And so we have to be careful how we speak about that person. You know, that we're not to put them down personally. We don't put down their looks. They don't, we don't put down the, their humanity. We may not agree with their policies. We may not like the things that we see them doing or saying, but we're to pray for them. And we're to honor them as the person that God has put in place. God puts the governments in place. Some governments are put in place as the judgment to the people because they turn their backs on God. And then God puts other people in place for, for the righteousness because we've been obedient. And so he wants to bless us with a, with a good government. But either way, we as Christians are to give honor to not only just one another in the church, but also honor those that are made in the image of God. And so we need to be careful with our speech, sisters, careful not to slander and gossip and careful about bearing false witness. That's why I think a lot of conspiracy theories, we got to be careful with conspiracy theories because a lot of those sometimes are, they can be bearing false witness about people because we don't always know what the truth is. And I know that there's some conspiracy theories out there that have come to light and, and said, oh, okay, that was true. But there's other things where we just don't, we don't truly know. And so we do want to be really careful that we are not ever bearing false witness against another image bearer of God. And so it talks about, we did the honor one another. So now we're going to go into living in harmony with one another, living in harmony with one another. Harmony is the meaning it, it, it means is a pleasing arrangement of different parts. This does not mean perfect unison. We do not all think the exact same way. We don't act the same. We don't look or dress the same, but rather harmony is living in such a way that your differences enrich and complement each other. My husband always says there is unity in diversity. See, you and I may not like the same color dress. We may not like to wear our hair the same. We look different. We talk different. We have different personalities. We may even have some differencing of opinions in some of the secondary uh, issues of the scriptures. You know, we may worship differently. We may pray differently. But at the end of the day, we're to still make harmony. And so let's look at some of the scriptures here for harmony. Romans 12, 16 through 18 says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in our own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. That's a, a tall order. You know, how, how can we um, practically live out walking in harmony with one another. Well, we honor one another. It goes back to honoring each other's differences instead of making fun of each other, gossiping about each other, being irritated with each other's differences. 
We can honor each other's difference and value the uniqueness that it brings to the table. You know, in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about that there's one body and one head, Jesus Christ. There's only one body. And we are all members of that one body with unique gifts that work together in tangent. I think about there's a Facebook post that I wrote a, a while back, and I like to share it every time it comes back up on my memories. But it talks about the fact that, you know, would you ever gossip about your arm? You know, would you ever tell your pinky finger, you are worthless. I am so tired of you, pinky finger. You irritate me. I wish I could just break you off and cast you aside. No, we don't talk about our own body that way. We, we're appreciative of our arm. And even, especially if it breaks, right? We really understand how much we need our arm, how much we depend on our pinky finger, or our toes. And we, we are always talking about speaking life into ourselves, right? Speaking life into people. And yet so often we think nothing of tearing down another member of the body of Christ that God has put in to the body because we just don't like certain things about them. They laugh too loud. They talk too much. They don't dress right. They don't do this or that. And what we think is right, by the way, but we're to really honor and walk in harmony with one another. You know, when it talks about associating with the lowly, you know, Jesus said he didn't come for the self-righteous, but he came for the least of these. You know, there's a lot of people that the, in society, they would say have no value. I think of homeless people. I think of uh, addicts, drug addicts and alcoholics and prostitutes, people that are trapped in the sex slave industry or people who are poor. They don't make a lot of money. They are, they don't work in the CEO type jobs or uh, they're not famous A-list actors or whatever society thinks is um, valuable. And see, Jesus said, I didn't come for the self-righteous. I didn't come for the dignitaries necessarily. I came for the least of these because they know they need a physician. They know they're sick. They're already in a dark place where they need a savior. But the self-righteous, they're so puffed up with pride and they're so dependent on their money and their success and their, their, their intelligence and all that they have that they don't really need a God. In their mind, they don't. They do because we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. But Jesus said, I came for the least of these. And as a body of Christ, we have to be really careful not lifting up the rich man the people that we think are more valuable to us in the ministry of God. James talks about, you know, how they'll, they'll put the rich man in the front row seat and they'll give him all this honor, but the poor person they'll keep in the back. And what a disgrace that is to the body of Christ and to who Christ is and who we're called to be. And so just remember that, as we're walking in harmony and we're honoring one another, that we're not just giving honor to the people that we think we more vibe with or the people that we more connect with or um, that we think are more valuable to us. We need to associate ourselves with the lowly because that's who Jesus associated himself with. The, pro the, the, the woman who had many demons, the adulterous woman, the, the woman at the well who was married and divorced five times, a serial adulterer, 
and now living with her boyfriend. You know, the blind man, the leper, you know, all outcasts of society. You know, he picked just average fishermen that had no clout, you know, to come and follow him. The tax collector who would have been deemed like the most bottom of the rung to the Jews because of who they were in society and what they did by collecting the taxes off the Jews. And yet he rebuked the high and mighty societal people all the time, the Pharisees, the ones who they thought he should come for. The Messiah should be coming for them. They're, they're the great ones. And so remember that as we're, you know, going through these things and we're walking out our Christian walk and think of the people in your own ministry, you know, think of the handicapped, the elderly, the, the maybe the, the guy who doesn't always shower all the time or, you know, someone who lives in extreme poverty and they don't have a lot of money to give or maybe their hair is kind of ratted. I don't know. Maybe there's a young lady who just got out of really bad situation and she's made a lot of mistakes, but she just needs loved. Colossians 3.14 says, and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Love binds us together. Love covers a multitude of sins. Now I'm talking about winking at sin as far as sexual immorality and the things that God has told us to you know, expose the, 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 the darkness, um, in love, of course, and, and not, and really try to help each other get out of darkness and out of sin, but we do cover each other's personality differences and love covers even mistakes that we make with one another. And, you know, just that we're not all on the same part of our sanctification road. You know, some people are further along. Some people are just on there. Some people have been on there a while, but maybe haven't grown as much as you think they should have grown. Well, you're not Holy Spirit Junior, you know? Love them. Love will bind us in perfect harmony. So another one another is build up in the faith. Build up one another in the faith. So build up one another in the faith. Romans 14, 19 says, so let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. We need to be looking for reasons to unite. There is so many false teachers and false teachings out there right now. You guys, we are so inundated with false teachers and false teachings, false prophets, false apostles, that it's creating a lot of disunity, if you will, people think that, well, we need to fight for reasons to unite. So let's just overlook their false doctrines and false teachings. And that's not what we're talking about here in Romans 14, 19. We cannot unite with false teachers and we do have to expose the work, expose the, um, the works of darkness because it brings destruction. And these are souls at stake that could end up in eternal damnation if they follow a different gospel and so, but what he is talking about here is fighting for unity of the faith. Don't divide on things that the word never tells us to divide on. One person might think that, you know, they, they don't want to eat bacon for whatever reason. Now, as long as they're not making it a salvation issue, but it's just in their conscience, eating pork, just, they feel like they shouldn't do that. 
that's that's not a reason to divide with somebody as long as they're not teaching it as a salvation issue. They're not adding it to the works of the cross. You know, some people w believe that it should be hymns only. Some people are saying, no, I think we can bring in some instruments and some stringed instruments because they had stringed instruments in the Old Testament. You know, David had a harp and, um, you know, or whatever he had there with the strings and, you know, and there's flutes and so, but there's some places where it's just like, no, no instruments, just a piano, just the hymns. That's okay. That's beautiful. And then there's other churches that say, no, I think we can have some, you know, stringed instruments and a little bit of, you know, whatever. And the music can be a little more modern. That's okay too, as long as it's not false teachers that are bringing in the false teachings through their music. And we're not uplifting and upholding to false teachers and their, and their, um, and their their bands or whatever you want to call it. There is discernment that we need to use, but we need to be fighting for unity and building one another up in the faith. It's so important. First Thessalonians five eleven. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you are already doing. So Paul recognized that first less the the church um, was already doing this, but he was just encouraging them to keep doing it, keep building, keep encouraging one another in the faith the true faith, the true gospel that Paul preached, the one that Jesus died for, you know, unite on the essentials. You know, Jesus is God. The, the, he is a triune God. He's tr God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus atoned for us at the cross. That's where it was finished, was on the cross. You know, he didn't go and atone for us in hell. He wasn't born again. Those are false teachings. Those are heresies. Jesus is fully God and fully man. He was fully God on this earth. As so fully man, the hypostatic union, these are essentials. He bodily, physically resurrected after three days. That is an essential of the doctrine. The word of God is the inerrant God-breathed word. It is closed canon. We're not adding to the word. We're not taking away from the word. It is our final authority. He, he was born of a virgin right? These are all essentials of our faith that we need to unite on. And the other things, the other things that kind of come in, we need to be more discerning and, and, and really choose our battles because the devil wants us to divide as a body. And so we need to really encourage each other, build each other up in the faith, uh, disciple one another, read the word together, labor through the scriptures together, walk out this life together. It says Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. It's important that we don't allow corrupt speech to come out of our mouths. We're to be edifying one another and imparting grace to the hearer as part of the building up of one another. So gossip, slander, bearing false witness, tearing each other down, making fun of one another, cursing one another. This is not the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not prompting any of us to do that. Another, and also don't be telling dirty jokes and, and causing each other to stumble and cussing. And, you know, our, our speech should be seasoned with salt. We should be imparting goodness onto one another. And, 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 and if I take you and I start gossiping with you about somebody else, I'm not only tearing that person down, I'm tearing you down because I'm causing you to stumble and I'm causing disunity. And there's nothing edifying going into your spirit. If I'm tearing another person down, 
Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. In what ways can we stir each other up in good works? Well, uh, hey, sister, I'm going to go meet with so-and-so for coffee. Would love for you to come with us. You want to come and we'll all get together and we'll we'll sit down and we'll have coffee and we'll pray with one another. We'll even open up the scriptures and we'll read the word and we'll, we'll just, uh, you know, impart to one another the goodness of God. I'm stirring you up in good works to come out with me. Maybe there's an outreach going on. Hey, you want to come with me? We'll go pass out tracts and tell people about the love of Jesus. I'm stirring you up to good works. As an older Titus woman, speaking to younger women, whether younger in the faith or younger um, in age, you know, hey, uh, can I help you cook? Do you, do you know, do you need help taught how to cook or, uh, you know, clean? Or I, I'm just encouraging you to be a Proverbs 31 wife and, and woman and how to love your husband and submit to him and, and be kind and have peaceable speech with him. I'm stirring you up to good works. Stirring each other up. Hey, come work with me in the nursery today. Come go meet some shut-ins today with me. Hey, maybe you and I can be door greeters together. Stirring each other up. And also, one other way that really stirring each other up is holding each other accountable. Holding each other accountable to the word. Holding each other accountable to um, our faith walk and the journey that we have on the sanctification road. You know, helping each other. Iron sharpens iron. That we are both walking in holiness and righteousness before a holy God, encouraging each other to be in fellowship. You know, if you see that someone's not there on Sundays, reach out right away and, hey, missed you this Sunday. If they continue to miss, hey, I've noticed you haven't been among fellowship lately. What can I do to help you get there? Do you need a ride? Do you need to talk about anything? It's really important that you don't forsake the fellowship with like believers. God put together a local body of believers it with elders and, and deacons and in a body so that we can be accountable to that body, submit to one another in the fear of the Lord. And you have gifts that you're to be using with this local body that was given to you. And I have gifts that I need to be bestowing upon you. And, and, and it's really important that we're coming together often uh, around the communion table and around the word of God and in prayer where there's elders that are overseeing our souls and you know, these things are important and how can you and I talk about this more? What's preventing you from being a part of that? That's stirring them up for good works. You know, gatherings are really important, especially in these end days. And we see so many people starting to depart from the local body of church or local body of believers, which is what we call church. We are technically the ecclesia, the gathered ones, the gathered out ones that gather or make an assembly. That's the technical term. It's really important though, guys, that we are gathering with the local body. You know, God has a remnant everywhere. Every church is not corrupt. Every denomination is not corrupt. God always has a remnant. The hell has not prevailed against the church, guys. Are there a lot of really bad ministries out there? Yes. Are there a lot of false teachings and false teachers? Yes. Are there a lot of denominations that have now gone apostate? Yes. Have we turned a lot of our churches into a business model and it's more difficult to have that organic community life? Yes. But are our brothers and sisters still a part of the system? Yes. And we need to find the closest um, Bible-believing church you can find that's 
hopefully teaching the word line by line. They're discipling through the word. Christ and his word are preeminent in that ministry. They have not sold out to another gospel. They're not sold out to the new age movement. They've not sold out to the false teachings and teachers of our days. And yes, it's like finding a needle in the haystack anymore, but it can be found. It can be found. There's also really awesome house churches out there that hold that do wonderful job making sure there's elders in place and and really holding to the biblical um, the biblical Christianity. They're a lot. They're even harder to find because a lot of house churches can be very cult like, and so you have to be careful with them too. And um, but either way, God always has a remnant. So seek the Holy Spirit. Ask Him where can I go? Where can I be fed? Where can I I, I be held accountable? Where can I have a family and a community that I can grow to maturity with? And if you have questions on that, please, please message me, email me, book a free call with me, and we can talk through it. I get it. I have been so church hurt. I have seen some of the most craziest stuff out there. I even wrote a book, Be the Church, Go and Be on the Pews, where I talk about my own testimony and a lot of things that I've experienced and a call of reformation back to biblical Christianity in that book. So I do get what you may be going through. And, um... So I'd be, I'd just love to talk to you because I have a heart for, uh, discipleship. I have a heart for people being a part of the body of Christ. I have a heart for people, um, really living out an authentic Christian walk, um, especially back more towards how it used to be in the earlier days. So Colossians 3 16, um, it says here, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts and mind. Paul wants the word of God to dwell in all of us richly, not just pastors, not just teachers, not just popes, you know, not just, you know, whatever, right? He, we are all called to know the word of God, to be able to rightly divide the word of God. This is imperative, you guys, because if we don't know the word of God for ourselves, we're going to be easily led astray because there's, there's so much deception out there now. It's also important to know the word so you can use the word to build up one another, to honor one another, to walk in harmony with one another. And so last but not least, we're going to do be like-minded with one another. Romans 15, 5 through 7, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. So that like-mindedness, again, we see that walking in harmony, walking in step with one another, walking in unity with one another. This is what brings God honor. We are, to, we are one voice, one mind, one body, with one head, with, which is Jesus Christ. And that's how we're going to honor Christ, is by honoring one another and walking in unity. Philippians 2.2, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being a full accord of one mind is what Paul is saying here. It brought him such joy to see them walking like-mindedness. Now, you can't be like-mindedness. You can't walk in unity with false teachers and false teachings. This is why it's so important to know the word for yourself and know what maybe even know what some of the false teachings are out there so that you're not wrapped up in them. We can't be united with false teachers and false teachings because they're teaching another gospel. You cannot be united with somebody who says that Jesus is not God. That's an antichrist spirit, and therefore there is no unity there. You can't be united with somebody who denies the Trinity. 
that is an antichrist spirit. It's a false gospel. And therefore you cannot be yoked up with them. You cannot be like-minded. You cannot walk in harmony with them. These are really important essentials. You can't be like-minded with someone who doesn't believe the word of God is the inerrant word of God, the final authority in our lives. If they do not think that the word of God is inerrant, is 100% perfection, was written by God through men, and that is our final authority in our life, not our experiences, not what we were raised in, not whatever, but it is our final authority in our marriage and our finances and our, and our parenting in our careers and everything that we do in this life. If the word of God is not our final authority in that, and the, people don't hold to that, you're not going to have unity because they're going to bring in other philosophies, other empty deceits, and they're going to be deceived by the enemy and bring those deceptions in. They will be, they will be leaven or spots in our love feast. And so finally, first Corinthians 12, 14 through 16, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not be less part of the body. The ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. We are all one. God put the body there. Please understand that. God chose his sons and daughters. He grafted them. He adopted all of us. We don't get to decide who that is. And then he takes you and he plugs you into a local body of believers. And, and we don't get to choose who we're going to do life with in those body of believers. God put that body together in your local community. And he said, here, go walk in unity, walk in harmony, walk in like-mindedness, love one another and go be my church together in this local body, this local community, go preach the gospel, go make disciples, go love. And since he's the one that decides who puts the body together, he's the one that decides who gets the gifts in that body. We need to do a better job honoring God by honoring one another. This is so important. I pray that this has blessed you sisters. And I know we're just kind of scratching the surface. We do a lot of open discussion on Friday nights, but this is just so beautiful. And I pray you can take it back to your local church and you can start thinking of ways that you can honor people that you go to church with. Think of somebody this week that you have never sat down and had coffee with, or you've never gone to their house or you've never had them over for dinner. Maybe it's an elderly couple. Maybe it's a young girl or, you know, a young couple. Maybe it's, you know, a widow, orphan. Maybe it's someone who, you know, is really just in need of some fellowship. And for whatever reason, you just never, you know, went and, and did something with them. I encourage you to reach out to them this week and ask them for coffee. Ask them for dinner. Get to know people. It's time to get out of our comfort zone and honoring one another. We'll put together a little homework assignment with this. I'll put it in the show notes and you can click on it and I'll give you some homework because we give people homework every week with this discipleship class. And then you can email me or put it in the group. Hey, I did my homework. This is what I did. This is how I honored somebody. This is how I um, proceeded with this teaching. And this is how it blessed me and how it maybe blessed somebody else. We'd love to hear from you. All of that information is in the show notes. So Lord, I just pray right now for my sister. Lord, I pray that you just continue to help her to grow and mature in her walk with you. Help her to find that need that she can honor someone. She can outdo someone in honor. Lord, that she be walking in harmony with her brothers and sisters that you have yoked her up to. 
Father, that she would be like-minded and fighting for unity. And that she would also honor the king, honor the president. Help her to honor those who are different than her. Help her to honor people of the world that are made in your image, God. Help us not to gossip and not to slander, but to love and not bear false witness. Help us, Lord, to submit to one another in the fear of you. Help us, Lord, as we all still battle that sin that dwells in us, and we all know that we fall short of your glory. And so we thank you for your grace and your mercy. But these teachings help us to do better, and they're calling us higher. And so I thank you for that. Lord, bless my sister. Bless her home. Bless her finances. Bless her relationships, God. Bless um, her children reconciliation, wherever reconciliation needs needs are in any kind of relationship. Bless her health, God. I just pray blessings over her. You're answering her requests with yes and amen, Lord, and that you're growing her to maturity. Thank you, Father, that we have one another. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, sister. I look forward to hearing from you. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget, guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace, I leave with you until next time.